0: Love it. Thanks, Pastor Ryan, for sharing that with us. Oh, isn't that cool? I love, he can't hear your clapping, but it's still really cool. That's the thing. Uh, It's just fun to see his journey and what God's doing and just his heart for discipleship and the things that are happening over there. I was laughing because he kept talking about being from the future and like in ways right now, like he literally is from the future. Like he's like a couple hours ahead of us. Like, so it seems like he's learning a lot in the future that he's going to get to bring back and share with us and bless us with um, next weekend. But hey, if we haven't met yet, my name is Lucas. I'm the worship pastor here. And uh, it was a blessing as your worship pastor to get to worship in the room with you today. It's so sweet to come off the stage and just what a spirit of worship. You know, sometimes we're confined to our um, our little in-ears so we can hear the band and what's going on, and it's just a blessing to see just the worship that's rising up out of this place. But I, I have a privilege, and I'm going to be inviting a friend up in a minute um, to share in part of our series today, Elephant in the Room. This is a series we've been in where we're discussing mental health within the church, and it's just been profound. Just seeing people experience some freedom these past couple weeks and also seeing people experience just kind of a breaking of the stigma. You know, we started week one basically by saying we're sorry. Like as a church, we're sorry as not just the vineyard, but yes, the vineyard, not just our staff, but yes, it can be our staff. But just the big church, like we're sorry for the ways that we have caused damage in people's mental health journeys Because of the way we can handle things. And I just want to say as a pastor, like, I'm sorry for the times you felt or been told. Like, if you only had more faith, right? That's just why it's not happening. Or don't you know it says be anxious for nothing? Didn't didn't that cure your anxiety? Well, don't you know that you're loved and nothing can separate you? So don't you, like, don't you feel better now? And it's, sometimes we can say those things, I think, from a place where we mean the best. But sometimes they can feel like, weights. like, well, why are you anxious if it says this? Why are you this way if you know you're loved? And I just wanna say I'm sorry. If those things have ever pulled you further from God, that it's true that our faith matters. It's true today that nothing can separate you from God's love no matter what you're feeling. It's true that you can cast your anxieties upon him. But sometimes those feel like weights instead of the hope that we need in those situations. So that was how we started, was just kind of saying we're sorry. We want to do better. We want to address that elephant in the room and kind of push back against that stigma, especially in church. Sometimes it seems like the world's starting to get it. Like I see commercials for like professional counseling and addressing mental health. And we want to be almost ahead of culture in the church. So we want to make up some ground in that place. And then last week, Millen shared and Amber shared. And we talked about speak up because you're worth it. The ability of using your voice. And sometimes it's not even speaking up. It's just like a whisper. That you're worth saying, hey, I'm struggling. That you can share with a friend or a family member. And even just bringing those pains to the Lord. That there's a lot of freedom and breakthrough and growth that can happen in that. And then today, what we're going to do is something that's a little bit different. We had some interview time last week. Um, Today, we're just going to call this a conversation on mental health. It's just going to be a dialogue. I'm going to invite up one of my friends here in a moment. And we're just going to hear her story, her journey, and just kind of some of mine and her hearts on how we can address this. And one thing I want to acknowledge is we don't have all the answers. I wish we did. I wish we could say more, but we care about you. We love you. And we want to normalize trying to fight back against mental health. So just know that we're not, most people sharing up here have struggled with these things. Like This is just something we walk through, the suffering in this world. But yet we can cling to Jesus and learn how to look to him in the midst of that. So I'm just going to pray over our time today and then I'll invite up our guests and we'll just have a conversation this morning about mental health. But if you would, why don't you just pray with me for our time today? Oh, Jesus, we, we come to you right now, Lord. Just, just thankful for your spirit, thankful for your love, God, thankful for your comfort, God, and I pray you just let those things rest on us this morning. Lord, I pray for those coming in today with heavy burdens. God, that this would be a time of rest. Lord, I pray for those today suffering, that you would just meet them, that they would feel your nearness in this space, Lord. And I pray for us that you would allow us to just talk openly and humbly and and just recognize that we might not have all the answers, but we know who to look to. So God, we just thank you for this morning. Um, Just bless this time. Let it be just anointed by your presence. And would you just shape us in this space? We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, well, I'm going to invite up our guest. Um, This is Margie Appenfelder. She's going to come up. Can we welcome her to the stage? What a blessing to have her come and share. I was, I don't even know if I can sit down and talk up here. Like I just, I just need to pace and like move around. It's like, we'll see if I can stay in this chair for a minute. Um, but you know, just to make that, that vibe, but um, Margie, excited to hear from you today and just your story and the things, but I know some of you know Margie, um, but maybe not all of you do. So Margie, would you just introduce yourself? Just share with us a little bit, you know, kind of your family, maybe your job, how long you've been connected to the church so people can get to know you.
1: Okay. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay, I am so excited to be here. I, this is such an honor, and, like, I'm super happy about being able to share this. So, yeah, my name's Margie. Um, I've been here for 33 years. <laughs> so I've been here a little bit. Um, and my husband is Steve, and I have three girls, uh, 10, 2, and 3, 2 as of yesterday. Um, pray for me. And, uh, it's good. We are so blessed. Um, I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So just like a psychotherapist. I love what I do. I do that part time. And then the rest of the time I'm momming it hard. So, uh, that's, that's who I am.
0: Oh, well, yeah. 10, 2, and 3. You are momming it hard. No <laughs> doubt about it. That's awesome. Um, well, Margie, we'd love to hear just some of your personal journey, just the, the journey that you've been on with mental health and other things. So um, we're just going to take a minute and just listen to just your story and the things you've went through.
1: Okay. So this part I'm going to read, otherwise you will be here all day. Um, so trying to be succinct here. It is hard to sit, isn't it? I'm like ready to get up. Okay. So, um, As a little girl, I started dealing with anxiety. I didn't know what it was. I think a lot of people, a lot of kids have no idea what it is, if it's their norm. Um, So I tried to cover it up as much as I could. Uh, I had a whole host of symptoms, um, terrible insomnia. Like every night I just dreaded going to bed because I'd be up till like one o'clock in the morning while everyone's sleeping, you know, Um, just having those racing thoughts, intrusive thoughts. Um, irrational fears, I did little rituals, I didn't even know what that was, but like little things had to be so perfect just to kind of ease my anxiety. Um, I was always in fight or flight mode. So if you're not familiar with that, it's a lot of people who have trauma are in that mode. I didn't, praise God, but like my body thought I was in a trauma state. So the fight or flight means your body is ready to either run from danger or fight danger. And so I kind of lived in that place. So my body was always like wound up and tight and scared. Uh, so I would sweat all the time. I can't like, I can't believe right now I'm talking about this, you know, cause it was just so embarrassing for me. Um, like high fives in the hallway and stuff. I just couldn't do any of that um, because my body was always in trauma mode. Um, so it was a daily struggle. Um, with the physical symptoms, uh, your body kind of goes haywire sometimes. Even my vision would be screwed up at times. Sometimes I have strobe-like vision or tunnel vision that's, like, high stress. Uh, Not good for when you're playing volleyball at all. Like, you'll get hit in the head with balls, like, (laughs) because you can't see. Anyway, it was really hard. It was really hard. Um, Around 18 or 19, um, I started just, like, weeping all the time. And I always felt like I was on the edge of a diving board, just kind of like that (gasps) feeling. And finally, someone's like, we need to get you on medication. And I'm like, OK. So I took medication. It was amazing. For the first time in my life, I felt normal. (laughs) I didn't have to think of all the little struggles. And I slept like a rock and everything. was really good. So I'm going to fast forward uh, 13 years. I was on the medication, 13 years. And it was good. I didn't have any complaints. But we got married. I found out that the drug I was on was considered a class D, category D drug, which is not safe for pregnancy. There's high risk for holes in the hearts of babies. So I was like, all right, I'll just get off. It's no problem, you know. So um, I spent about two and a half months trying to get off. And let me just put a little caveat out there. Not all antidepressants, SSRIs, um, have that high risk of a risk, but the one I was on was. So I tried to get off and my world went from completely normal, well, normal-ish, you know, as normal as anyone's can be to like hell. It was like horrific and poor Steve. It was our first year of marriage. So, um, Anyway, I went through something uh, that, they say like 10 to 20% of people, that's just an estimate, will actually experience what I experienced. So please don't hear me. Like if you're on medication, I'm not trying to scare you at all. Um, but it is a risk. It's called, um, they call it pause, protracted acute withdrawal syndrome. It can last weeks to years. For me, it lasted over a year. Um, what that kind of looked like was, um, I went into night sweats, nausea, vomiting, nightmares, unable to sleep, again, um, I lost 30 pounds in two months, electrical zaps throughout my body. I was non-functional. I was like a mess. So the reason I'm sharing that with you today is not to, again, to scare you. I want to share with you how I got through suffering and what God did through that period of my life, because I know a lot of people are suffering. And I can relate to you. So I want to share yeah.
0: about that. Yeah, wow. Well, Margie, thanks so much just for sharing. Um, you know, it can take a lot of courage to be vulnerable, especially as someone that a lot of people have known and maybe didn't know what you were walking through or suffering with. So even just sharing it's just, it's just powerful to see. And one thing we want to just kind of acknowledge really quick is, as Margie's sharing her personal experience, if you were here last week for week one, um, we heard Amber's testimony. And part of her story is the way that medicine has been a tool and a blessing for her in her life and the freedom she's received from it. Today, we're hearing another side to that coin, someone that used medicine, but then as she was desiring to have kids, it's like chose to step off of that and the suffering that she went through because of that. So we just want to acknowledge we're not here saying we have all the answers. We're here hoping we can give you something to chew on and to seek the Lord about. So take what we're giving you and say, what does that mean for me, Jesus? What does that mean for me? Do I need to walk into this? Do I need to step away from this? That's kind of our hope in this series, um, when we know that we don't have all the solutions or answers. But um, just wanted to address that. If you're wondering, those two stories kind of seem different, they are. Well, Margie, I'd love to hear as I mean, that sounds, I've personally like I've just never gone through that intense of a season of suffering. Um, I'd love to hear like, how did you walk through that? How did you get through, like you're here today, like you obviously, like you're here, which is amazing. How did you journey through that?
1: Yeah, um, so quite honestly, not good. <laughs> like during it, I was like a shell of a person. I really was. I I had, they call it akathisia, and it's like the inability to experience joy. So I was just not good. Um, But what I did have was experience with Jesus. So, like, I really rested on my history with God because I knew that he was good, and I knew that I could trust him. So in my darkest times, um, I remember just being like, I can't even feel you. I can't. I can't feel you at all, are you even there? But I knew he was there based on my past experiences with him and having a kind of a pretty good theology that God does not say like, I'm gonna get you, you know, or I'm not paying attention to you. I mean, scripture says those who draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So I was trying to, and my prayer was, I know you love me and I know that I can trust you. And those two things, like I then I knew that he has a plan for my life. But but I tried to hide scripture in my heart, right? Like clinging to promises because when you're in a bad state of mind, like you're really irrational a lot. So like it's easy to start believing a lot of dark things, like you're a burden, like um, this is never gonna end. Um you're you should be in a hospital. I should have been in a hospital, but like Uh, like, or, you know, just a lot of things. So I was able to combat some of the lies that the enemy will give you in mental health struggles. Like, you know, we fight not just against flesh and blood, right? But against um, principalities and the authorities of this world, like we're spiritual people. So um, I believe that when you're down, the enemy is going to like kick as much as he can to make you think that God doesn't love you. Yeah. So um, so your question of how did I get through that, like, I had a theology knowing that with free will in the world, like, bad things happened when, when you know, sin came into the world. Things got messed up, maybe even genetically. Um, but God will use all of our struggles and hardships if we let him. So combating the lies that, like, he's not there and stuff with the scripture, like fighting with the sword of truth, um, the word, or there's the belt of truth and the sword, which is the word of God. So those were some of the things that I clung to during that
0: time. No, that's, that's so good. And, like, what I'm hearing is just, like, there was a foundation, right? Like, there was something, as you walked through that suffering, there was something you had kind of built, you know, that was recognizing that you were loved by God, like something that you knew, Um, recognizing that you could trust him. And I think one thing that me and Margie have talked about is this idea of preparing in times of peace, right? And it's sometimes in our lives, like, and that's what we're acknowledging. Like, we're not saying, well, if you, if you love the Lord enough, you won't have suffering. Like scripture shows us that we have suffering. Like we're just in this tension, right? Of slowly the Lord just constantly redeeming the things we walk through. But In the seasons of our life where we would say maybe we're not in intense suffering or we have a little reprieve, you kind of have to prepare for times of peace. And that means, like Margie's saying, like burying the Lord's word in your heart in those seasons so that when you have nothing else to cling to, right, it's like you have that ability to to go back and to look at that foundation that you built of, I know, like I love that prayer that you said, like I know you love me, I know you trust me, Um, and I think it's just, It's hard for us in those moments to remember that, but we got to build into that. So maybe you're here in this series, you've been like, well, this isn't a huge issue for me or this isn't something I wrestle with. You know, I feel like the Debbie Downer saying it, but you'll probably go through some suffering in your life if you haven't yet. And that's a time where you can actually prepare. Um, And if you're walking through it, it's a time where you can just rely. One thing I'd love to ask Margie is we talk about preparing in times of peace. Like if you're in the room and you'd say you're in a season of peace is how did the people around you who are maybe in a time of peace or had a firm foundation of that, how did they come around you and support you? Like what could we do today if we're in a season of peace to love someone and care for someone walking through intense suffering?
1: So, I mean, there's different levels of suffering, right? Like some people can suffer the whole life, like just on a kind of a minimal level. And then there's severe, which a psychiatric, like trauma type of situation. Um, I wasn't, Very functional at that time, so I really needed people just to step in. Um, I needed people to pray for me, so I had a lot of that going on. Um, And then I also had people that just—I think Millen talked about it—just showed up. Like my mom called me every day. If I didn't even see her, you know, she would she would call and just let me cry. Like I cried and cried and cried, and she would listen and she would like she wouldn't judge me. If you know my mom, like, she tried to offer advice often, but a lot of times she, she didn't know what to do either. The doctors didn't either. They just told me to get on more medicine. Um, but she would just let me, like, talk to her about what I was going through. And that I, oh, my gosh, that was huge. So if you're wondering how to help someone, maybe just say, like, will you tell me what's going on and, like, listen to them? You know, you don't even have to problem solve. They might need someone to help them problem solve. Someone to say like, hey, tell me what your insurance is. I'll call your insurance company and see who providers are in this area. If you're over 18, I can't schedule for you, but I'll get the number for you to call a therapist. You know, something like that, like so helpful. Uh, So my, and of course my mom made me bone broth like every day. (laughs) if you know her, you understand that. So um, there is like, there just people that were able just to step up. I mean, my family was really helpful during that time.
0: Yeah. And I just, I think it's important for us to recognize, like, we all have a role when it comes to mental health. You know, we all have. And for some of us, that means part of our journey has been marked by suffering. For others, that means you've been positioned to love and care and reach out and help for people. Because I've also thought as we're doing this series, folks that might be like, Oh, that's not for me. I know there are some that's probably like, I need to be here. Like I need to press in. And it's especially as a church body and as a church family is like, this is kind of, you had your family there, but it's like this, that's what we call the church is our family, you know, and how we can care for one another and make this a place that's safe um, and where we can heal and experience, you know, the love of Jesus. I love that. Um, Well, one thing I want to hear that's kind of specific to your story, Margie, is Margie, you talked about you know, as you guys decided to pursue pregnancy is stepping away from medicine. Obviously you said you're here four years free from medicine and also anxiety, like, you know, a normal level of anxiety is what are some of the tools and tips and tactics that you've been using in your journey um, to work on your mental health and to experience that freedom?
1: This is what I've been waiting to talk about. (laughs) This is, I have such good news. If you're someone that has suffered with mental health issues um, and you feel like there really aren't options out there apart from medication, there's good news that there is. Um, I didn't, you know, uh, the doctors told me that I would just need to be on it my whole life. Um, <clears throat> so I found a lot of different things that I hadn't addressed uh, that were causing my anxiety issues. Uh, so looking for root cause is something that is so important in this journey. Now, some of you may already be doing exercising or eating well, and you don't really know what else there is to do. There's a lot more to the picture, right? Like human bodies are so sophisticated. And if your hormones are off, and like women, you're probably like, that's me, right? Like your hormones are off. No comment. If you're married to a woman, you know what that means too. But, and and men too, if your hormones are off, guess what? A side effect is anxiety or depression. Okay. Um, If your thyroid is not functioning well, guess what? You might have anxiety or depression. I was misdiagnosed for 32 years. Um, And unfortunately, the test with thyroid is very inaccurate and incomplete. So there's a lot of advocating you have to do in that regard. If you eat a lot of inflammatory foods, You can have inflammation in your brain and in your gut. And that will cause anxiety and depression. Okay, so inflammatory foods such as dairy, gluten, GMOs, vegetable oils, um, all sugar. I know everyone's like, fat. Well, okay, guys, I am not perfect with this at all, but I've made a lot of adjustments. um, And I don't take any medication anymore. Okay, not just that though. Not just that, thanks, it's, it's cool. So yeah, also in our diets today, we don't get the nutrients we need to function well, okay? Even in our our soils depleted of nutrients. So minerals and vitamins that I will never stop taking because I'm not eating like a million fruits and vegetables every day. Um, just like if your car doesn't have oil in it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna function well. So um, I addressed root cause issues and I continue to try and do it, not perfect, but you guys, my my anxiety is like 10%. It's manageable, you know? And a lot of times I don't even remember I have it. So here's the biggest one. God healed me, okay? God brought healing. He allowed these tools to heal my body, my mind. Like you may think, and you may have been told that you have a life sentence. It's not true. Now, so you can make progress. I'm not saying that you can be completely rid of it, but there is other options out there. Um, It's hard. It's hard to advocate for yourself in this way, but there's more. There's more to the story, Um, and I just really want you to remember that don't stop pursuing healing. Don't stop. Don't say, like, this is just how I'm going to be. Like, there's more to the story. If I would have done that, I would have just, stayed on medication probably my entire life and not address my root cause issues which would have been worse off so
0: yeah no that that's so good and I was as me and Margie were preparing like I was just like kind of blown away like the first time we talked some of the things she was sharing was new information for me and I just maybe that's new information like the thyroid thing and other things it's just like the way that your body can connect together and the things that could be off that, like that there's things that might be worth pursuing or looking at and seeing, like, maybe this is something that can help. Um, And I love that. I was like, for a minute, it's almost like like a nutritional TED talk or something. You're like, wait, where's, I thought we came to church. Like, where's Jesus? You know what I mean? But here's the thing. We want to take a holistic approach to addressing mental health. And for Margie, there was freedom in stepping away from medicine, pursuing these things, and by the grace of God, having this freedom. It's like, it's normally not like the Lord's not just like, OK, well, I don't care what your diet is like and I don't care about if you've ever worked on your trauma. Like I'll, a lot of times the Lord's like you, you want to see you want to build a mountain. He gives you a shovel. Right. And he's like, OK, well, let's work together to see you experience freedom in your life. So I just I love that all those pieces are there. And it's like we're just talking about that holistic idea. And I also just want to acknowledge that, like even in the church, like we love celebrating your freedom from medication. And that's amazing. I also want to say, sometimes if you're on medication, that might feel like, oh, wow, well, that's not my story. I haven't experienced that freedom or that breakthrough yet. And that's what we're trying to say is like, that's okay. We're not here to shame anyone. I'm sure like it is amazing what God has done and the ways that he's worked. But also it's like maybe you experience that freedom by taking that that allows you to work through the trauma that gives you, you know, peace And then you have breakthroughs. So I just want to, you know, we want to address and look at every walk of life and every way that we might enter into this. So I just wanted to acknowledge that too. I just felt like maybe you're here on medicine and people cheering for that discouraged you. And that's not what we're trying to do, but we do like, but we also want to encourage people in their journey as well. So just want to speak to that. Um, Well, I love Margie. I love in your story. Like we obviously can hear your passion about, you know, nutrition and looking at the root and the traumas and unconsciousness uncovering those things um and the the thought that comes to my mind in your story is that nothing is wasted right that god doesn't waste the things that we walk through the troubles that we go through and even seeing your passion now um how would you say that god has used everything you've been through um to say that nothing has been wasted in your journey
1: yeah um so i think i keep thinking of more things of what god has done through this but like um, one of the biggest things is he's shown me my need for dependency on him. So, like, I think he broke down some of my, like, faith in myself as far as, like, I was strong enough to get through something, you know, I was strong enough to deal with this. I feel like he wanted to show me how no, I want to be your strength. Like, I want you to depend on me more than anything else. And really, I was at such a low shell-like state, like, I realized like, I don't have it. Like I need, I need Jesus in my good times and in my bad times because like Lucas was saying, suffering is gonna come, it just will. I think everybody knows that at some point it's gonna come like and if you depend on yourself fully for that, it's gonna be a hard road. It's gonna be a really hard road. So I found out a little bit more of who God was and my need for dependency on him. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think also it's like a lot of your, like, this is the work you do now, right? Like, this is like Margie is currently in the business of helping people experience freedom from mental struggles. And it's like the way that that journey has kind of, I think, propelled you right into, do you want to speak to that yeah, at all? So,
1: so I, you know, like, I feel like my life was shattered, right, in- internally. And um, I feel like God picked up the pieces and made like this mosaic of something that was better. Um, So I have, I never dealt with deep depression before until this. So I really, you know, I knew the textbook understanding of it, but I didn't know what it was really like. I never felt before like I don't want to wake up anymore until this. And so now I understand people who are suicidal. You know, like, I never had a plan, thank God, but, like, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I did, like, the idea of waking up was just, like, excruciating. So my practice now and my my treatment is just so much more informed and compassionate, and I feel like I'm able to extend the love of God a lot better um, because of what I went through. And also, like, learning how to get off of medicine, like, that was, like, an educational experience that I've— been able to help a lot of people with. So God used it all. It was like, the enemy's like, I'm going to get you. And God's like, all right, whatever. I'm going to use this for something bigger. Like, I
0: really believe that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I love that. Um, And again, just want to acknowledge, maybe you're sitting here and you haven't seen God use it yet. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you feel like you're in the midst, like if we would have interviewed Margie four and a half years ago. Like some of us are right there. But yet we have a, the opportunity just like, it's just clinging to a truth and a belief that like, God, I know you will use this for your glory. And I might not even see all of it with my own eyes. But I know he's a good father, right? Psalm 56, 8, like he, he, whole, he collects all of our tears. He's written everything in his book, everything we've walked through, like he's not going to waste are suffering because he's a good dad. I just think there are folks that need to hear that today. Again, I just keep feeling that like Margie is at such a sweet place of freedom and has obviously walked through hell to get there. It's like, but there's some of us right now in that place and we want to be for you today. I wanted to just read these lyrics. Obviously, music and worship is just the way that the Lord speaks to me. And it's just the first verse to a song that um, has just been on my heart for this all week. So Maybe just just hear these words if you need to close your eyes. Um, It's just kind of poetic, but just speaking about that, that nothing is wasted in our journey. It says this. It says, here, it's like coming to the Lord. It says, here is my harvest of heartbreak. Here is my threshing of tears. I give you my dream, but I lost it. Down in the locust years. Still praises the song that I'm singing, even though sorrow is my tune. My love is only a whisper, but nothing is wasted with you. And sometimes we have to cling to that. Even as we come with heavy hearts today, losing someone really close to our church family that God's going to use this. God's not going to waste this. And I just want to speak that for you today if you're having a hard time saying it, not to make you feel bad that you can't see that he will, but just to assure in you that promise from the Lord that even when our love is only a whisper to him, nothing is wasted with him. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Margie, the last thing I would like to ask you today is that we know that there are folks today here in the room that are wrestling that are struggling with mental health. Maybe you're here today for the first time and you're feeling like I need something to shift. Or maybe Margie's sharing about that thing where you can't feel joy and for the first time, it's like, oh my gosh, maybe I've actually been walking. I thought life was just hard, but I haven't realized I had a mental health, health issue. What would you say today just for those of us, just folks in the room that are struggling, that are burdened today?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, I want to address that and I also want to add one more thing that I feel is really important and I forgot to say um, if you are taking medication and you're hearing me say you need to jump off and try like the stuff I mentioned like please don't do not do that like there is a really specific protocol of getting off medication some people can some people can't you know so if that's you like I just want to encourage you to pray Like, God, what what do you want me to do? Like, direct me in this process, get the knowledge, you know, educate yourself on how to do it. Talk to your provider, get in therapy, learn how to deal with some of the distorted thinking patterns that are results of depression and anxiety. So I didn't say that earlier and I wanted to. Um, It's really, really important. Um, And maybe it's not the time that you get off. Like medicine is to stabilize you. You know, that is important. But um, for those of you that are suffering today, I just like, I also want to extend like my deepest sympathy to you. I'm gonna cry, dang it. Um, Because you know, mental health issues, you can't see them in other people. Like there's people around you right now that are totally struggling and they're just acting like they're okay. And, like, that's hard. Like, I wish that when I was going through this, I had casts all over my body. Yeah. Just so that people would be like, you need to not go to work today. <laughs> you know, like, because I was running to the bathroom in between my clients and getting sick. And then just acting normal. So, like, if that's, if that's you, like, I am so sorry. Um, but I want to also remind you that God sees you. Yeah. He sees like Lucas mentioned like every tear he sees like and he wants to bring healing and wholeness to your life so I would encourage you today to not accept this as your life sentence okay for one like two, reach out to someone let them know what you're going through and ask for them to like support you like that's really important um, and then I also want to say, you're not broken. You are not a screw-up because of what you're experiencing. Um, again, I feel like that's a lie of the enemy. So there's hope and healing for all of us. Um, and then lastly, pursue prayer. Oh, my gosh. Pursue people praying for you. I got a lot of prayer during that time. And I know that the, that was the glue that made everything work. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and even today, I think there's going to be some ministry time. God could heal you today. You never know. Like, you know, uh, Wimber always says, like, conditions are always good for lightning to strike. So, like, you go up and you get prayer. Maybe you'll get healed today. Maybe it will be next week. Maybe it will be next year. But don't stop going. Okay? It's, he is ready. He is ready.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Well, hey, church, could we just thank Margie? She just shared a lot of her heart. And just seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's fine. Well, as Margie said, we're going to make some space just for ministry. I'll invite some of the team that's going to play back out. And what ministry is, is just, it's a part of our service. We start with worship and then we have a a teaching and then we have ministry. And that's where we make space um, for the Holy Spirit just to meet us, where we pray over one another um, and receive from the Lord. Or maybe it's just God's been doing something in you and you're just, it's not, you don't need to leave yet. You you know, you just need to rest and wait. But, you know, before we go into that time of prayer, I just want to first say, maybe you're here today and you're hearing for the first time, like that there is someone that loves you. That there is a God that loves you, that is good, that cares about you. Maybe that's changing the God that you have always heard about. Or maybe for the first time you're hearing like that there are, is an option to pursue healing through the Lord. And as we talked about putting on like the armor of the Lord, I just was reminded of the power of salvation. And what we would call that is just like acknowledging who the Lord is and saying, like, I want to follow you. Like I believe in who you are. You don't have to have it all figured out. I certainly don't have it all figured out, but I've just said, Lord, I believe in you and I wanna follow you. So I just wanna invite, if you're able, just to stand to your feet. We're just gonna quickly pray a prayer. And if if you wanna say, Lord, I need that in my life. I resonate with this idea that my sorrow has been wasted. I resonate with the idea that I'll never experience freedom from this. I resonate with the idea that like hope is lost for me I just wanna hold out in front of you this idea that there is a God that loves you. And maybe God's tugging on your heart right now and saying like, I just need to say yes to that. I just need to say yes to that. Maybe you need to say yes again, or maybe you need to say yes just for the first time. So what we're gonna do is I'll just invite you to close your eyes. We're gonna say a simple prayer. And if you just wanna say, Lord, I need you. I need that hope in my life. Just say these words in your heart or under your breath after me. Lord, I come to you broken. struggling to find my way. I know that you have more for me. So I'm turning my heart to you. Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. And even when I don't understand I wanna choose to trust you. Lord, I give you my life and I will follow you. Just while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer maybe for the first time today or kind of as a renewal of that, would you just shoot your hand up in the air, just gently to your side? Just wanna affirm what the Lord's doing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I just want to pray over those of you who prayed and all of us. Lord, I pray that as we step into the goodness you have for us, as we say yes for the first time or again, and sometimes we have to say yes again and again and again to the good things you have. God, I pray your spirit, oh God, would just come and just fill your church and fill your people. We just say spirit break out right now in the name of Jesus. Would you just come and would you fill our hope tank? Would you fill our joy? Would you come and comfort us? God, we just lean on you, Lord. Just have your way, Jesus. You can look up or open your eyes now. I'll invite our prayer teams to make their way forward to the front or to the sides where they're gonna be stationed today. Go ahead and head that way, guys. What we're gonna do now is just that ministry, is just maybe something that was shared today just kind of hit you in the heart. We wanna pray with you. Maybe you're wrestling with a trauma or with mental health and you wanna start to put in some work and see God meet you in that. We would love to pray with you. This is one of the strongest things we can do. And specifically, all week, I've just been getting this word renew faith, renew faith, renew faith. Especially, like, it's been breaking me all week, but is that idea that, like, nothing is wasted? There are people in the room that just keep feeling like it's been wasted. Your pain has been wasted. And even if you can't see beyond that, we'd love to pray with you today just a prayer for renewed faith. So how this works is we'll get ready to close. The worship team will just linger and pray. We can bring the lights down just a pinch. And some of you will exit out that way as you're ready to end service. Others will stay in their seat and just seek the Lord. And others will come forward and receive prayer in ministry. So be blessed. We love you guys. And we will see you next week, all right?